everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fry Dates with the Wife. In these episodes, my wife and I offer an entrepreneurial couple's perspective on living a more fulfilling and meaningful life. We share our little humble opinions and hopefully make you laugh as we navigate the ups and downs of being entrepreneurs and parents. And speaking of fulfillment, if you want to hire me as your coach, head over to robshowcoach.com, fill out an application, and we'll jump on the call to see if we are a good fit to help you create and design your dream life and business. That's robshowcoach.com. Before we get into today's Friday episode, our next Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind event will be in Dubai and Abu Dhabi for the F1 race on November 16th to the 19th. These trips are designed to get you out of your day-to-day around some amazing entrepreneurs and provide bucket list experiences that will have you coming home re-energized to grow your business and bring your life to a whole new level. Head over to workhardplayhardexperience.com and fill out an application. Okay, let's jump into today's episode. Kimberly, thigh-high boots, Murgatroyd, how are you? Thigh-high boots, where did that come from? Mm, Is that like a dream? I don't know. I don't know. Those are knee-high boots. Oh, knee-high. There's a big difference oh. between a knee and a thigh. Mm-hmm. There sure is, girl. There, mm. Oh, there is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hi, how are you? I am so good. You know what we're going to be talking about today? Done fidgeting? Do you need a fidget? You're banging, you're, you're schmucking, you do... I'm schmucking. <laughs> schmucking? You do it all. Schmucking. Can I get a definition of schmucking? Because I know what a schmuck is, and I don't... For those of you that don't know what a schmuck is, before we get into you the... You should go uh, back and listen to your episode with Moti. Yeah, so, you know. Did look, I just make up Moti or his Well, his name is Mohammed and his last name begins with a T. Oh, so, so we he, call him Moti. Yeah, it's like Moti. Rob Lowe is, is Rolo now. So, you know what I mean? I, what can I tell you? You know, he's the last guy that looks like a Rolo, but he he is. What are you? You'd be a <laughs> Romu. Romu. I have a feeling that I am. You are now going to start calling me Romu, and I'm going to. Romu. I'm going to gain 400 pounds. Um, okay, schmuck. What is a schmuck? A <laughs> oh, yeah, schmuck. No, if let's you, get to the important no, stuff. No, no, because you don't want to open the open the door, and somebody's like, "Well, well, well what is it?" So Should we just make them Google. So, like in New York, growing up, it's you know you're around a very there is a very Jewish community in New York, right? So they they speak Yiddish or a lot of them or their families did, you know, coming from different countries. And, you know, it, it you don't need to be a New Yorker to know the word schmuck, right? Don't be a schmuck. And it, like a schmuck is like an idiot, right? Don't be an idiot. Or this guy's such a schmuck, he's an idiot. But where does the word come from? Why is it called the schmuck? Well, I can give you the answer, ladies and gentlemen. The little piece at the end of the penis that they cut <laughs> off when they do a, a circumcision or the Jews call it a bris. I'm not Jewish, but I know a lot about Jews. At the tip of the penis, if you cut it off, the remaining foreskin that is cut is called the schmuck. 
And so basically you're calling somebody a schmuck. That's the, number the one. The dead foreskin from the penis. Now, the other side of this that we just recently learned is there's, you know, we, you always learn, when you learn another language, you always learn the bad words, right? So if you're like hang around Greek friends, you learn all the Greek curses. You hang around Italian friends, you learn all the Italian curses. Well, growing up in New York, <clears throat> most of the Italians that were around me, my family included, were from the Naples area of Italy. Now, Naples is, you could basically say Naples is not Italy. It is Naples. It's its own country. It is basically its own country. So as a kid, I would hear somebody go, oh, Svachim. And I'd be like, and it was always like this, it was like a weird term of endearment, but a knock at the same time. Like if you're standing in front of the television, Svachim, get out of the way. Or like his or mother, somebody, like when or, so, or somebody no, no, no. like somebody like walking down the street is blocking blocking you, and you're trying to get to the end of the corner. You're like, oh, Svachim, out of the way. Yeah, but when I <clears> met <throat> you, your mother comes down from from Brooklyn, and she's like, hey, Svachim, what are you doing? Yeah, and so we all started to use this phrase, Svachim, thinking like it's like a funny. Whatever. Well, then we went to Naples and found out what Svachim means. So I've been asking, I asked my Italian teacher. Because you thought it was an Italian I, word. I thought it was an Italian word. I asked everybody. Everybody's like, you know, your family made this shit There's up. Italian like, and then there's a Neapolitan dialect. Yeah. like. So this is a Neapolitan this is not, dialect. This is not a word. This is not a word. But then I go to Naples. And when I get to <laughs> Naples, I just started talking. And there were these... I, there were other words that I heard and I went, oh, can I ask you something? Is the word Svachim, does it mean anything to you? And then all of a sudden, everybody starts laughing. I'm like, what does it mean? And they're like, sperm. <laughs> and I went, sperm? It means sperm? Yeah. So apparently everything in religion or, or, or in nationality is around- The schmeckle. It, it's either around the woman's part. I'll give you- No, one. no, no, no. We don't need to go down that one. No, 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 I don't, that one's too graphic. No, it's not graphic. Oh. It's not graphic at all. There is one that is national here in Italy. And the word is figa. So figa basically, and I never heard that word before. They go- Fica. It's a C. Fika. Okay. Yeah. It's my. Or Fico. Okay. Fika. So they would see like, you know, this like. Any Italian listening right now is dying. They're dying because I was like, what? If, and they go, oh, Fika. And and so I was like, what do you mean? It's, oh, she's, she's really hot. Or, you know, I heard a gay guy say it about another guy. Ah, oh, Fika. And I was like, and I've also heard it used in as, a negative. As, no, 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 no. I've also heard it used as cool, like fika, like that's cool. And I was like, well, what does it mean? They're like, oh, it's a woman's vagina. Well, and it's went, the P word for the woman's. It's the parts. equivalent of the P word. Yes, let's not use that one. So that one there's all these curses, but listen, we're not here to talk about we're, curses. We're not, but but, but I, I'm glad you know we handled that. So we got everything from the the tip of the foreskin to the. The fika. Play a so, little, little game of stick the tip in. Okay, so here's what we are. Hopefully there's not kids in the car on the way to I think to if school. anyone has ever listened to this before, they know better. <clears throat> no kids in the car. Okay, so what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about something that we have been doing now for, God, it's got to be 10 years. More than that. Maybe more. And the concept is called leave the story behind. So Can I give backstory on where it came from? You want to tell the balloon story? Yeah. Go ahead. So what, you know, here's what's interesting, by the way. I'm not going to take credit. We're not going to take credit for this necessarily because I'm sure it's not a new concept. But I saw a couple of 
people post this year about a story they were going to leave behind. And there's a part of me that wants to take credit for this, but I'm not going to. So we were in Rio de Janeiro. I am going to say it was 2005. We were in Rio. And I'm going to say that because we weren't married. And I know where we stayed. And so all of those roads lead me to about 2005. So that that year, we went to Rio de Janeiro for New Year's. And you were still a chiropractor. And we were trying to figure out a way out. And there was all kinds of drama and things going on in our life that were just... Our life was complete mayhem at the time. And these... We were... Rob specifically was talking about, telling these stories of these things, these horrible things that happened, I'm going to put in quotes, to him that year and, or in the, that year, the year before, but he was still talking about these stories over and over and over and over. And when you talk nonstop about that negative story, you know, when you sit down, you're like, did I, you, you hear someone, they're like, have I told you about what he did to me yet? And you're like, yes, 8,200 times. You know, that's basically where we were at. And we were sitting there one day and I said, you know, Rob, we gotta, we gotta move past this. Like these stories aren't serving you. And so we came up with an idea for him to leave the story behind in, in the previous year. And we wanted to make it kind of like a ritual, like a ceremony. And so we decided to get a balloon and we were going to put the stories energetically into the balloon and we were going to let the balloon go up into the sky. And I have a picture of you doing it from Brazil. Like you're literally saying, I know where you are. You are literally at the, at the point where the Copacabana beach meets Leblon, right? Meets the other beach right on the corner, on the walkway. And I have a picture of you holding the balloon that you are going to release into the sky with all of those bullshit stories that weren't serving you and let them go up into the sky. And a lot of people, I think, would, in the same way that you have like a New Year's resolution, I think you have it for three weeks and it goes away. This was a resolution to leave those stories behind and never speak of them again. And to your credit, you never spoke of them again. And I'm going to tell you that is the first step we took to shifting our life. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. For whatever the reason is, this uh, strategy seems to stick longer and more effectively. And weirdly, I don't think that I have ever violated doing this. So let me give you an example. I'll give you a, a current example and I'll give you an old example. Let me start with the current one. Moving here to Italy, one of the things that is deeply important, as you would imagine, is to learn Italian. And I am completely justified in what I'm about to say. And this is the point. My justification is we live in the, quite literally, you can't be any more center uh, in the center of Florence than we live. And as a result of that, it is predominantly an area that is touristed. So everybody is required who works anywhere within, you know, 20 blocks of where we live 
to have absolute fluency in English. So the moment I walk into a store and I say, io vorrei bicchiere rosso del vino, the person will respond and say, do you want a six ounce pour or a nine ounce pour? I They'll just, say it in English. In English. <clears throat> and so what do you think is more comfortable for me at that, from that point? What's more comfortable for me is to go, oh yeah, you know what? Let's do, I think I want to do a Chianti Classico and, and six ounces is, is perfect. How's your day going? right? So what I want to do is- To speak English back. To speak English back. Thank you. I want to immediately go back into my default, more comfortable language. So there are times when I'm busy multitasking. I don't have the bandwidth. I'm tired, whatever. And immediately default to speaking English because they can. So I've come up with a story and the story is that I can't learn Italian where I live because everybody speaks English. Now, am I justified in saying that story? Sure, it's true. There's no part of what I just said that is a lie. There's no part of it that's not true. It's accurate. Is it serving me? No. Well, hold on. You said, I can't learn to speak Italian because everyone speaks English. And the only part that you're justified in that is that everyone speaks English. You can learn Italian. <clears throat> and that's where the, the lack of justification comes from. Now, let me say this. We are moving in a few months to our permanent apartment. We are in the, the longest temporary apartment ever. We're doing one year in a temporary apartment, which basically just means... We're Madeline that lives in the hotel. We're, go ahead. we're Madeline. So where we're moving to, though, is still in the center, but it's on the edge of the center. And the edge of the center of Florence, way less people speak English. Literally every block you go out of the center, there's a, there's a percentage like, of like a if, decrease. Right. Like if you looked up Florence on a map and you typed in Florence, the little pin that it would stick basically is in our building, our current building. But <clears> where we're <throat> moving is just a 10-minute walk and it's on the edge of the center, but still in the center. But we will go into restaurants there and no one speaks any English. And so we will be forced to speak Italian because that is the only language that they will be speaking. And anyway, so I wanted to put that into, into perspective <laughs> because Rob's saying of, or Rob's theory that he cannot learn Italian because everyone speaks English is, is half true. That's all it's, it's half true. But the point is that I can make an argument. Am I, let, let's do it. You're this justified point. in your Hold argument. On. Yes. Am I justified to say that everybody where I live speaks English? So it's harder. <clears throat> so it's harder. Yes. I am justified in saying that. Yes. Because I, I have to force myself to say, I'm not going to speak the comfortable, easy language. And I'm going to make this person who speaks English muddle through my Spanglish to allow me to learn more. Yes. I am 100% justified in that statement. You statement are. And that's what I'm trying to say. You are because also often they're like, uh, let's just... Uh, let's just get to the point here. I appreciate the effort, but like we're going to move faster give, if we just speak English. I'll give an example. I did this, uh, you'll see this, we're doing a, a YouTube series that'll be out next year. And this year, so yeah, yeah, we're in this year now. Um, 2022. And we recorded me ordering in Italian with Kim, my Italian teacher, a Christmas tree. And I went through the whole thing. I had notes, I had cards, I had a peanut gallery, I had a cheering section. And at the end, I ordered the tree. But then I had to, he 
called back to say when he was delivering it. When he called back, he said to me, would you like to do it in English or Italian this time? <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, because I tortured this man for 10 minutes. Imagine fully speaking another language and being tortured to have to say like, me order big pretty tree yesterday, today, for now. You know what I mean? Like people going like, what are you saying, right? Okay, so the point is that one, it's a story Two, I'm justified in saying. Three, it isn't serving me, right? So think about for you, what is the story that you have been tolding that you are fucking justified in saying if you really look at it and go, I'm right, and it isn't serving you, mm-hmm. okay? So that, that would be my example. And an example from years gone by, what would be a good example of a previous oh, one? No. Is there one, you know, here's the interesting thing. I'll give by you- By the ma- way, when, once you let the story go, you can't even recall you, the story. You can't even remember what it is. So I, I, let, let's let's skip forward. If, if, if an old one pops up, I'll, I'll say it as a, because I'm going to let Kim tell hers next. But as I, as I think about this. So now here I am, we're recording this at the very, very beginning of January of 2022. And that is, I am no longer allowed to tell that story. I have probably told that story 200 times since I've lived here in Italy. And that's no lie. I've told he it to waiters. It to every, he tells I t- it to everybody. I tell it to everybody. I, it is a story that isn't serving me. So I need a new story. So the new story is that I'm working really, really hard and diligently to learn Italian. Full stop. That's it. I'm working on my Italian. And and I don't want to hear any more stories. Once you interrupt that pattern, and now here's the other thing that happens. Jerry Seinfeld uses this X process. And every day he writes, he puts an X on his calendar. And it's, it's, a, it's actually a very famous method of momentum, let's say. And so he looks up at his little paper calendar on the wall and he, he puts a red X on it. So let's say we're on the 31st of the month or let's say we're on the 20th of the month. When you look up and you see a string of red X's from the 1st to the 20th of the month, on the 21st day, you don't want to not write because you don't want to not put the X in. You want the chain to continue. So the same thing happens here. When you say, I'm no longer going to tell the story and you've got a week under your belt, you don't want to screw it up. So you're like, I can't do it. And it's a forced way of stopping this crazy habitual behavior. What are you leaving behind? Well, I have a few stories I'm leaving behind. So I'll just share one here. The one story that I've been saying since we got here, I haven't shared this with you, mm. although, although I probably shared it with you daily. Are you leaving, so you'll are you be, leaving your husband behind? What's, no, what, no, I would never do that. Okay. I love him. He's but nice. I evaluate it daily, let's mm-hmm. be honest. No, I get it. No. I get it. The one story that I am going to leave behind is that... Um, God, there's, there's a few in my head. But the one story I'm going to leave behind is that I can't find an adequate yoga studio. Mm. I have been telling this story since I left Atlanta. In Atlanta, I had a dream yoga studio, Highland Yoga, shout out. I absolutely fell in love with yoga in that studio. And if you know anything about yoga, all types of yoga are very different. All yoga teachers are very different. 
And when I went to California, I was, I, I mean, I was <coughs> doing yoga six days a week. I worked my way from being the tin man in the last row of class to being the girl doing the handstands in the front of class. I fell in love with yoga over a two or three year period. And I went to California and everyone was like, no, you're going to the land of yoga. It's going to be great. I went to California and I hated all the yoga studios. I'm like three little bears. All right, so there's the just, then there's the justification. There's the justification. And my justification is that I am not going to duplicate what I had in Atlanta. What I'm looking for is my Atlanta studio somewhere else. And I have to come to the, it is justified that I will probably never find that same style of studio <clears throat> because it was just unique. Okay. And so I have, I have complained about it in California. I have complained about it here. And I have completely stopped doing yoga because... It doesn't meet the it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't hit the, my bar, standard. the bar of California and of, I, of Atlanta. Yes, and every day my body cries and says, "Please do yoga." <laughs> and every day I say, "I'm so sorry, I can't because I can't find my you know perfect studio." And so I have to leave that story behind. What's the story you're leaving behind specifically? That that there's no yoga studio that I will be able to do yoga in. Okay. And so now here you are, you're in the first week of January, mm -hmm. right? Second week, whatever this is. So I'm going to go on a yoga tour and, and, and it, I'm just going to find a studio that feels right to me. And then what happens when you go inside the studio and you get triggered and you go, this is not fucking Atlanta. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to, I listen, yoga is a feeling and I'm going to need to feel that it feels good. Like I thought I found the magical studio here and they stand on their head way too damn much. I you know, like, I'm not doing it. And so, what, what happens when you go in and you don't get the feeling? I'm going to go to the next one. There you go. That's your I'm going to go to the next one. And if all else fails, I am going to do it at home and I'm going to call <clears throat> the owner of the Atlanta studio and I'm going to beg her to send me some videos, no, which they, by they the way- They have online. They shut it down. Sophia said it to me yesterday at dinner mm. and, and I said something about this and she goes, why don't you just ask the Atlanta studio for a video? And I was like, oh, okay. Would you want that? I would, I would prefer that over nothing. Hmm. I would do that over nothing. Do you feel like you will be able to find something? I am going to commit to finding it or doing it myself. There you go. Good for you. Yep. All right, ladies and germs. So the question for you becomes, what is this nuanced thing that I am really kind of bitching about too much? I'm justified in it. It's not serving me and I need to make a change and I need to leave this story behind and it will never be spoken of again. And by the way, if you're listening to this and it's mid-January or maybe you just found our podcast and it's July, 2023, <clears throat> you, can still, you can still leave the story behind today. Doesn't it doesn't matter. have to be New Year's. There's nothing super magical. It's just some, a moment in time, but make it, Make it special and declare it. Declare the story you're leaving behind. And if you say, the first thing everybody says, and including Rob and I, is, I don't know what I'm going to leave behind this year. We always start with not knowing. If you don't know what story you should leave behind, ask your spouse and your best friend. Oh, they'll tell you. Because they'll tell you. You have been talking about something ad 
nauseum and no one wants to hear it anymore and it's not serving you and it's time to move on and replace it with a new story. I get the ad, I get the nauseum part of ad nauseum. What's the ad part? Yeah. Is it all. Latin? Probably. Ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. Nauseum is such a gross word. When you hear nausea. Yeah, but that's what it is. It's Every make- time you, back in the day, Rob had this story. It was a boat story. I'm not going to elaborate on the story, but it was a story about a boat that the deal went sour and it was this boat story. And that boat story was so annoying to listen to after like the third year. I was done it made me nauseous. So ad nauseum is perfect. Yeah, I was I was done with it too. So this is a this is a very powerful technique. I assure you it is powerful. And all you really have to do is identify it and decide that when you wake up the next day, uh, get it out. Like if you know what it is right now, talk about it all day today and, and make a decision. If you're one of those people that like to do it at the stroke of midnight, you know, and start the new day fresh, do it tomorrow. Or if you're one of those people that say, okay, that's it, I'm done right now. Go cold turkey and do it. And uh, I'd love to know what your story is, if you're willing to share it. And I'd love to know how you are progressing, uh, even even a few months from now and let, let us know, because I promise you, you'll kind of forget that you had the story. It's a you weird, will. It's a it, weird it's thing. It's a weird thing. You literally forget the story that you left behind because wait for it, you left it behind and it's perfect. And give your spouse, partner, friend, whatever, dog, permission to call you on it if you start talking about it again. Do you, you say give your dog? Yeah. Hey. Hey. Hey, I just heard you say it again. Hey. Stop it. Downward dog. Downward dog. That's our dog voice. Do you have a, Does everybody have a dog voice that, you're, that you do on behalf of your dog? Our dog has such a great voice and she has used it to leave voice messages for people in the past. It's amazing. But Anywho. when I play when I play Barbies with Sophia, it is the only voice I have. It's so our dog when voice. I'm when I'm Ken, Ken is actually Gia. Yeah. That's it, everybody. Have a great week and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live. 